0: At the tone, please record your voice message. Hey Jesse, it's Brian. I'll never forget when I first got my guitar. It came in the form of what's called a strat pack. I don't know if Fender still sells them, but it came with a cheap inversion of the famous Stratocaster, a limited wattage amplifier, an audio cable and a few picks. The idea of selling this monstrosity would be that it's everything you need to be a rock musician. And that's fair. Still, having these pre-approved tools doesn't really make you a rock musician at all. It's something I recognized after a few years of barely being able to recognize the cover songs I had spent hours learning and poorly performing. I was an amateur through and through, but it didn't matter much. I was a rock star of my own bedroom where no one could see or hear me. So what separates those with the equipment and will is talent, or a true knack for performing and recording music. After all been proven a thousand times over that talent armed with any meager performing or recording equipment will be hurt. Talent will out. Daniel Johnston and any other musician who is taken to expressing themselves through bedroom recordings can attest to that. Like a long forgotten field recording found again, these bedroom troubadours have talent. They just take to expressing themselves in ways that don't lend to instant, tangible success and influence. So as the music world slowly starts to turn their attention to Chicago's Willis Earl Beal, there is a chance that listeners might miss the point with his songs. On his official debut from the XL imprint, Hot Charity, called the Acoustmatic Sorcery, We'll Delivers some of the most startlingly honest recordings you will hear all week. To call them lo-fi is kind of underplaying it. The album was cut on thrifted and garbage-picked instruments, karaoke machines, and pots and pans. On the 11 tracks that make up the album, honesty and vulnerability purvey acousmatic sorcery, allowing the songs to come off as more genuine and direct. In fact, most bedroom recordings have a tendency to come off as such, since most have little ambition outside of the completed version. Just the thought of Beal recording their devilish cackles on the closing track Angel Chorus alone in his apartment is downright unsettling. What makes Beal unique, compared to any dude with a Bandcamp page, is how anti-social media he is. Beal is seemingly opposed to allowing popularity to originate from the internet, instead turning to posting signs around his Southside Chicago neighborhood with his phone number and a message that read, My name is Willis Earl Beal. Write to me. I will make you a drawing. Call me and I will sing you a song. The only thing that used to hold back this type of music was time and word of mouth, but now a musician can record a performance to their YouTube page and go viral within hours. So for Beale to reject this instantaneous appeal to getting attention is either stubborn or just a grassroots way to stay more anonymous in the information age and let the music speak for itself. Beale gets as close to performing blues in 2012 as you could possibly get. You could compare his songs to blues or folk music from post-World War II America, but ultimately it's impossible to sound like it was recorded 75 or 100 years ago. Not to mention, Beale has listened to Tom Waits and Bob Dylan. Two musicians who fetishize this time in American music replacing it with their own sound that seemingly gets back to the raw gravity of those recordings that I mentioned. But it's really only a pre-selected sense of cool and nostalgia. Beale has to be aware of how Alan Lomack's recordings sound today, as opposed to when it was first recorded in the backwoods of a vanishing American culture. The past suddenly becomes strange and unique for the imperfect idiosyncrasies that come out when you listen today. But it's a past that can only be strived to emulate and, for a second, tapped into as Beale does in parts on Acousmatic Sorcery. This has been a message from Hate Your...